Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha notebook, let's dive in. Today's topic hits home for me. Back in March, I had a bunch of blood work and tests ran because I was experiencing ridiculously fast weight gain, loss of muscle mass, anxiety, panic attacks, and inability to sleep through the night. And we found that I was in stage three of adrenal fatigue and my testosterone was basically zero. It was like 0.2. Now as women, we really don't think of testosterone as playing a real vital role in our well-being. That's like the men's hormone, right? Well, I have learned just how vital of a role it plays. And today joining me is Diane Spiva. Diane, thank you so much for joining us. Can you please tell everybody who you are, where you practice, your specialty and all that good stuff? Certainly. Thank you. Thank you for having me too. I'm very excited to be here to, to speak with you and your, and your audience. My, my background is I have actually been in, in, in nursing in, in one capacity or another for the, gosh, I won't even say how many years, way too many without telling my age. So, but um, I have, before I was a nurse practitioner, I worked as a nurse anesthetist and it's decided um, I wanted to work with people I, that were awake. <laughs> so I decided to go back and become a family nurse practitioner. Um, so, and with that, I initially had um, worked in urogynecology. So primarily female women's health and Got to work with women, love, love that practice when I, and then I moved from um, another state to Atlanta, Georgia, that, that field was um, pretty, pretty full. So I decided, well, you know, it wouldn't hurt me to learn, learn about men. So I, I went into urology and men's health and, and that's where I'm working at right now. I'm doing men's health and I kind of feel like it, it augments that female that health and wellness um, aspect as well. So um, I feel like I've, I've been able to um, uh, to ascertain better ways to improve um, healthy lifestyles for both men and women. I love that. Thank you so much. And while you do specialize in men, today we are talking about women and, and really educating them on the role that hormones play, but specifically testosterone. And I'm just really excited to learn more from you. So let's come in at like what are the basic hormones and what roles do they play in, in, in our health? Sure. And um, so we have all sorts of hormones. In, in essence, what all hormones are, are, are amino acids or proteins. So we, you know, both men and women, we, we have, we basically have all of the same ones, but in differing degrees. Um, testosterone, we, we always hear about that with men and we hear about estrogen with women. And it's funny that men don't realize that they have estrogen. A lot of women don't realize the importance of testosterone and, in them as well. So um, 
what I'll start with with testosterone is um, testosterone. The, the important hormones that we have in our body, they all are interrelated. Having problems with one hormone can absolutely impact an, another. It's the endocrine system. So that's why whenever you're you're evaluated, we always do a full workup and look at all of your hormones, and that includes your thyroid stimulating hormone, your T3, T4, your um, we look at your um, prolactin levels, your um, luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormones, your estradiol, progesterone, and your testosterone levels. Um, and they can be some variances, some free and totals and some other things on those. But um, the one that is you were talking about specifically is that testosterone and how that really helps women more than they know, um, specifically that testosterone helps us to um, build or maintain muscle mass. And, and why that's important is that having muscle mass increases your base metabolic rate, your basal metabolic rate, which is your metabolism. How many calories does your body burn to function when you're doing nothing at all? And a lot of times when we're putting on weight, we, we don't, we aren't, we're not burning as many calories. So what happens is it's a simple equation for, um, for that maintenance of weight or losing weight. It's calories in calories out. If you have a deficit, you lose, or if you have surplus, you gain. Um, it gets a little more complex than that is that if you're burning more calories than you're taking in inadequate caloric intake, your body doesn't discern where it's going to go get that energy from it will equal it will take equally from your muscles as it will from your from your fat or your adipose tissue. So it's important to kind of balance that testosterone is important for us for muscle mass, but also for maintenance of bone mineral density, um, and also for sex drive and happiness. So that's, that's, that's the key thing. Yeah. So, you know, going back to me and I was telling you my experience before we went on is like when my body started crashing, I started losing muscle and gaining weight like crazy. And it didn't matter how much I was working out and how much I was lifting and all that stuff. I kept losing muscle and my weight just kept going up and it was incredibly, incredibly frustrating, you know? And then I know a lot of women who complain about libido and how they just, they're not they're just not in the mood and all that stuff. And they might blame it on their spouse or, you know, stress or whatever, but really it could be that their hormones are off. And if I know most doctors don't run those full panels, yeah. right. They might look at one or two of them if we're lucky and they don't really care about anything else. And sometimes they don't even know, even if they ran the full panel, they wouldn't know what they were looking at. Correct. They wouldn't know what was high and they wouldn't be able to tell if it was even being metabolized properly or going to the right places. Cause we know if testosterone is too high, it converts into estrogen, which I learned that a few years ago. And that's why men will, if they take a lot of testosterone, they get, you know, they start getting feminine features and, you know, boobs and all of that stuff. <laughs> and so but we're not talking about men. We're talking about women. Right. And I know that those three, like losing muscle mass, we always think, oh, it's estrogen, menopause, all these things, but it, it goes so much deeper. It, it does go so much deeper. And, and you're right. So, you know, with men, they have an enzyme that their body has. It, same thing, women, we kind of, our bodies kind of handle hormones in different ways, but with men, when they're, they convert that testosterone through a process called aromatization, they have a, 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 a an enzyme in their body called aromatase inhibitor. I mean, yeah, no, I'm sorry, an aromatase enzyme. The aromatase enzyme actually increases when the cortisol level goes up. So cortisol plays a huge role. So we see a lot, a lot more hormone imbalance right now because we live in a stressful world right now. And that's how you led 
probably what led you to that um, that adrenal fatigue is you know just running you know like crazy stress stress kind of it makes our body it just stresses our body and our when that response is that is that cortisol level going up and and that um it triggers uh you know that visceral fat around our abdomen and and that in itself starts to trigger hormonal changes that that aren't particularly friendly that can lead to metabolic syndrome which you know in case in point it's a triad of uh, triad of symptoms which is obesity in the center with um diabetes um, hypertension and um, heart disease. So whatever we, whatever we're doing when we're balancing that, we're trying to prevent that development of metabolic syndrome, and um, you know, offer you a better, a better longevity of life, and you know, being happy, not having to chase medicines your whole life. Which is always the goal, you know. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of medicine every single time, you know. And so let's say that you know, women listening to this are like, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm dealing with this, but I also have all this other stuff. I'm dealing with my autoimmune disease or my chronic illness. And so the endocrine system, they, all the hormones play a role, right? We know that insulin plays a role, cortisol plays a role. So let's say we're talking to, to this population of women that have more complicated things going on. Why would balancing their hormones and focusing on their hormones be essential to their overall well-being, including symptoms of their autoimmune disease and helping to maybe resolve those and reverse some of the stuff they've got going on? That's a really good question. And so, and that is very important to understand. And, and that is being hormonally balanced. So you talked about a little bit ago about some physicians looking at those numbers and maybe not really looking at those numbers it's not that I don't think that they understand what each of those hormones means or what it does. It's that they don't understand the complexity of how they play off of each other. So it, that it's important to be hormonally balanced and, and it's not as simple as, you know, you're either in this, this number range or you're not. So we look at things and we can say, you know, some things can be suboptimal and, and I'm looking at that in proportion to, um, do we have excess estrogen in proportion to the testosterone or vice versa? So it's, it's really important to keep that, keep that in mind. Each of those hormones um, affects parts of our body that, uh, you know, to function successfully. So with autoimmune disorder, where your body's in essence, having difficulties, not attacking itself, not complying with what the normal function would be. And that hormone, that hormone imbalance actually leads to worsening of those symptoms. Specifically, that can be anxiety and depression. It can lead to insomnia and, you know, that lack of sleep, which actually it's the chicken or the egg with that one with hormones when you have problems, you know, did, did the lack of sleep cause you to have that hormonal imbalance or did the um, hormonal imbalance cause you to have the insomnia? And sometimes we never know the answer of that. We just try to balance it out and, and find um, ways to, um, to find, you know, better ways to improve your, your life as a whole. Awesome. So balancing hormones needs to be part of the healing journey Absolutely, and focusing on that. So that leads me into, I would love to talk about strategies that women can do to help balance their hormones. What can they do naturally 
And when pharmaceuticals are necessary, what direction do we go with that? So let's start, we'll start naturally and then we'll move to the, the more aggressive treatment from there. And actually, you know, this, it's the same equation for women as it is for men for, in regard to this part. And that is, you know, basically finding ways to deal with stress levels more effectively. So that might be, you know, having, you know, somebody that you can speak to when you're, you know, just being able to voice that you're frustrated or having problems. It might be, um, you know, finding a yoga class that you can go to and just find a relaxing technique, breathing techniques, stretching techniques. Um, but also it involves, you know, some exercise. So cardiovascular exercise, obviously cardio, um, just keeping that heart and that lung um, uh, healthy. It, it, while those, you know, cardio exercise isn't, isn't terribly great for losing weight. It's great for actually helping to deal with stress and um, being able to um, prevent illness. So um, cardio is important. Resistance training. So um, when we talk about um, exercise, um, and you don't have to have like big, heavy weights. Um, when we talk about weight training, in fact, that's a mistake most people make. They're trying to lift those bigger, bigger, heavier weights, but you're just more likely to injure yourself and you don't get as many reps in. And so you don't build as much muscle mass as you, as you'd hope to build, but doing you know, some resistance training. So that low weight, high rep um, is how it helps you to build energy and it helps to boost your base metabolic rate. If you have that resistance for 48 hours after that exercise. So if you divide that exercise routine up, you know, like to every other day, so upper extremities one day, lower extremities another, and then that core, then the majority of the week you have an increase in your basal metabolic rate, which will help you to burn more fat. Um, then there comes, you know, the second part of that equation is um, that you have to be sure that you're eating the right foods. So when we talk about foods, it's, it's basically eating a healthy diet. Um, so avoiding bad carbs, there's good carbs and there's bad carbs. So car not all carbs are alike. So when we talk about carbs, um, we look at things like um, things that are not white. So anything that doesn't have white sugar, white flour, white rice, those are basically the bads and anything outside of that, you know, is, is actually okay for that faster energy. But if you're wanting to have, you know, increase that basal metabolic rate to, to burn more energy, complex proteins, think if you think about it, when you have, when you eat those complex proteins, it takes more for your body to break down that food and digest it and use it that takes more calories. So it helps you to burn more fat just by increasing that. And I, you know, I always recommend for both men and women um, that I, I prefer my protein-based um, foods to be plant-based, plant um, but if, there's nothing wrong with lean meats either. So just being careful about, um, you know, your diet selection and getting, a, you know, an adequate number of proteins in your diet. If you're working out a whole lot, um, you, you may be burning through your, your, your calories and your proteins faster than your body, um, can do anything with them. So instead of, um, instead of building muscle, you're actually taking away from muscle. So you're losing, you're losing muscle instead of gaining it. And that might've been when you were having the adrenal fatigue is you're, you're just, you're, you're, I'm sure your basal metabolic rate was so high. You were just burning through everything and your body was going where it had to, to get that energy to meet those needs. And that was, again, it doesn't discern fat from muscle. You can get it from both, from both places. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another component of that is most people don't get enough protein. 
I found, so I started tracking my diet to see what I was doing. And even though I was following a very healthy diet, I actually found I was not getting adequate protein. And I felt like I was, because I felt like I was eating a lot. But when you actually, when I actually tracked it, I was not eating enough. And so I've been very intentional about increasing that. And I have noticed that my muscle mass has started coming back on with that, along with all the other stuff I've been doing. And so, you know, typically what I find is like, even if we think, even if we are eating healthy, we might not always be getting the right ratios and to find out what you need for your body type is really important. Exactly. And we talked about that nutritional testing that you can have that actually looks at your body type and you know, takes a serum and it's going to um, actually look at your body type and see what types of foods that you should be eating to actually help you to build um, that that healthy muscle mass is going to help prevent injury as we, as we go through each decade of our life and get older. Um, but also um, to help burn fat, to keep that weight off and prevent metabolic syndrome from, from occurring. Yeah. So um, we have sleep, we have nutrition. What else can people do? Um, so the other things that they can do so is sleep is underrated in a major way. It should be, um, I mean, you need to have, you need to be able to reach REM sleep. So if you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep, I mean, no more than eight, you should be sleeping seven to eight hours a night. And if you're not, um, you may need to develop a new sleep routine. I'm not a big fan of taking medications to help you sleep. Um, we do, um, melatonin is, is, is an, is a natural, another hormone in our body that, that we actually have that actually peaks about the age of 25. And then it gradually declines through, throughout the rest of our lives, which is why as we uh, get older, um, you, that older people that they don't sleep as much as they depleted that, that melatonin, it's something that you can take naturally that can help you to get rest. If you have to, it may be, you have to take higher doses. I think a lot of people think that it's like a sleeping pill that you can take it and it's going to make you go to sleep that night. You have to build that level back up. So just, you know, doing those things and making sure that you're developing a good sleep routine before you go to bed. So before you even try medications, I like you to be sure that you're, you're finding something that when you're getting ready for bed, that you're, that you can repeat day in, day out, this kind of leading up to that relaxing uh, of your mind and your body. And that might be a hot shower. It might be, you know, drinking a hot cup of cocoa um, just whatever helps um, relax you and, and leads up to that. If, you know, a lot of us, we, we work long hours and we, by the time we drive and get home and we cook dinner for our families and, and, and get the kids to bed and, you know, we haven't really spent any time on ourselves. We, we may want to just kind of lose ourselves in binge watching on Netflix. The downside of that is we tend to like things that stimulate our, our brain. So, um, so it might be just better to find a book to read that, you know, that something relaxing that will help just kind of lead to falling asleep and staying asleep you don't really go into REM sleep, which is where your body actually repairs itself. We, re we replace every cell in our body once every few months and, and that cellular regeneration and that healthy cellular regeneration um, requires us to get adequate sleep to, and it, it does that primarily when we, when we reach REM sleep. So those of you that aren't getting that, some people will say, well, I, I I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting by with, you know, four to six hours of sleep, but uh, but for the most part, when I talk to people, you know, a little bit further, I find that, you know, two or three weeks down the line, they, they crash, they, they fall asleep hard for about 12 hours and have to play catch up. And, and then they, it's rinse and repeat, they just keep on um, 
they keep on repeating that same thing. I can tell you that testosterone in both men and women decreases when you aren't getting enough sleep. That's one of those hormones that anything that interrupts that circadian cycle um, tends to drop that, that hormone in a major way. That's so crazy. So I have a lot of friends that are moms to young kids and parents to young kids, and they are not sleeping. <laughs> like, you know, they're waking up like I'm thinking specifically, my best friend has a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a two-year-old. And if it's not one, it's the other. And sometimes it's all three. And she will literally escape and come to my house and take a nap <laughs> just so that she can sleep. And so it's like, you know, it's just so funny because, you know, we talk about moms gaining weight and all these things and, you know, not, you know, being so tired and then the, losing the muscle mass and all these things really play a, a vital role. And it's like, you have to do what you can, right? Totally. Like the, you, kids, kids grow out of it and things like that. But then you have me where I have, my kids are older. They're not waking me up and I still wasn't sleeping chicken or the egg, you know? Um, but I will say the Testament to really good sleep hygiene and having that routine. If you think about it with babies, we, we give them that routine so that they know when we do it, it's bedtime. Well, we got to do that for ourselves too. It doesn't end with infancy. Nope. It doesn't. And some, sometimes that therein lies that, that, um, dealing with stress things. So it helps reduce that cortisol level. So making sure you're getting enough sleep and reducing that cortisol level helps to, um, uh, decrease the amount of visceral fat, that fat we have that's in our abdomen that wraps itself around our organs that causes us grief. And, um, you just, it's important to find, you know, those ways to help handle those stresses in, in your life in a, in a more healthy way. The other thing that you can do that's a healthy way to help you to sleep is liquid magnesium. So liquid magnesium vicinate is a great, um, natural, um, uh, supplement that you can take that will help with muscle strength um, and also to um, help to help you sleep better at night, help, you know, just kind of soothe you off into sleep. So I have a story about that. One of my um, followers on Instagram reached out and was like, Hey, I've, I've been reading your posts on magnesium. Is there one that you recommend? So I sent a few options of things that I like. She took, she bought one and she was like, this has been the best sleep of my life. I'm not having muscle cramps. I'm not waking up with my restless legs. And it was within like a couple of days. She was that deficient. Wow. And so I think a lot of people are. Yeah. And I remember when my son, he was about five and he wasn't sleeping through the night. He'd wake up and play for like two hours between one and three. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Did not want to do melatonin did magnesium, did topical magnesium lotion, and he started sleeping through the night. Wow. And so I can say the test, like magnesium is definitely one that I know works. And I, I take, we take, I take myself and my family. I take it every night too. Well, I do the liquid and, but the topical is great. The thing with the pills, when you take them, when, you know, once it hits your gut, it's destroyed. You don't, you only get about 40% of what you're taking. So just, um, you know, being conscientious of, you know, that not all magnesiums are the same. So, right. Great. So now let's, we're doing things naturally. It's not working, or maybe our numbers are so off that we need extra support. Where would a woman go from there? Especially let's say their testosterone is zero. Like the normal range is zero to like four, right? Mm -hmm. Which the optimal range is what? Two to four? Like depending on the test, obviously every test is a little, has a different range, but what's like, 
let's talk about what an ideal range is. And like, let's say they're really far off. They're like almost zero. Like I was how, what would be maybe some options that they would have to be more aggressive and rebalancing? So you're, you're talking about testosterone, correct? Mm-hmm. So correct. Look, look, before we go to that, I'm going to talk about a couple other things. So having happy sex life. So being sexually active plays a huge role in that too. So, um, and you know, that's hard, you know, again, chicken or the egg, which, which one came first? Because if you're, um, if you don't have much of a, a sex drive, then you're not going to be, you know, sexually active and that's going to affect it. But can, low testosterone can also lead to a low sex drive. So the things that you can do to actually um, naturally to improve that sex drive um, might be something like ginseng. So ginseng is, it will help to promote, um, it's going to increase your dopamine release. And the dopamine release is what helps you to, you know, have that excitement level, that happiness, that fulfillment, um, happiness. So that's one thing I, I like to recommend. And then saffron for women. So saffron is a, is a great one. Saffron tea might be something that women can do it. And how that actually works is it releases nitric oxide. So that nitric oxide helps to improve blood flow, especially to, um, to the vagina. And so it has that natural plumping, um, plumping of that vaginal tissue and, um, and moisture so that you don't um, have that decrease in lubrication and, and can actually help to promote a, a happier uh, sexual activity. That's really helpful. Like I, I know so many women struggle with not enjoying sex or like, especially again, I'm thinking like women, my age, you know, they're in their late thirties, they're post kids, hormones are off their sex drives off and all that stuff. And it, those are really simple. Those are really simple. And, and, and then making sure you're eating right, exercising, all those things. And then if, if that's not working, the next step would be to go to somebody who specializes in hormone therapy. And that might be um, a urologist who specializes in, in hormone replacement. It might be an endocrinologist. Um, it can be, you know, a, a, a gynecologist who specializes in hormone therapy. Usually they'll talk about bioidentical hormones and they're more likely to kind of look at um, doing that from the perspective of, you know, increasing your, your um, sexual uh, libido and your um, overall maintenance of, of weight. Otherwise, not, not all doctors are equal. And, you know, we all, everybody went to school and, and and learned about the hormones, but, you know, actually applying that is, is an art. It takes some time and having a good teacher to kind of walk you through that process and walking through a lot of studies to see, you know, what, you know, being evidence-based learning and, you know, somebody who can do that, but what if somebody who does it right should do a full panel of um, hormones when they check that, um, I really like those that are actually looking at your diet too, so that they do some nutritional evaluation and, uh, and so some testing that, you know, tells you, you know, what, what types of foods are going to work for you to help, you know, maximize those impacts. And they can also do um, a cortisol level testing, looking at that cortisol level and finding out where it is, you know, finding out those things that, you know, make you feel like you're trying to figure out why is this happening to me? Well, you can find out, you know, maybe what you're eating isn't the right thing for you. So find, you know, learning about your body just a little bit more. You want to find that person that's going to help you to do that. So they need, they really need a holistic intake, looking at food, exercise, sleep, sex drive, Yep. you know, what, what they're doing, what their lifestyle looks like. I mean, they need to do a full intake plus a full 
hormone panel, looking at all hormones, we're looking at adrenal function, we're looking at all of the hormones, you know, and things like that. So, so looking at somebody who's, so if you look up something on, you're looking up a specific type of medicine, look up functional medicine, or so that's usually the type of person that's going to look at you wholly. So looking at you from, you know, a whole, when we talk about holistic a lot, um, a holistic is, you know, tends to be that, you know, they're looking more naturally at, at, at ways to improve your symptoms and they'll only resort to using um, other um, types of um, therapies that may be bioidentical when, when those holistic therapies don't work, which to me, the, the, there's more long-term success in that. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> As a health coach and, you know, I've been, I've, all the people that I've seen, you know, using pharmaceuticals as a last resort versus a first really does help because the quality of life improves along the way, no matter what. And then they're able to do lower doses and those doses and the medications they take work more effectively Mm -hmm. when everything else has already been worked on. Right. And I think the goal for everybody should be whenever they have that, hopefully, you know, they whatever they end up, they may have to do something like you did with your testosterone that you do that for the short term to move you in that right direction. And hopefully you'll be able to just move on over to, you know, that those lifestyle changes, those or dietary changes that are help you to move in that direction. If it doesn't, you know, just recognizing that staying on top of that, then you may, you may need to do something a little bit more. We're all different. We're not, there's no cookie cutter to this. Yeah. And so frequent testing is probably important, especially as where, you know, hormones are so nuanced and everybody, everybody's body responds differently. Some people might not respond at all. Some people might go through the roof, even on a really low dose. And so frequent testing is important. I feel like that's one thing that, especially when people move away from an insurance-based model, they tend to not want to do the testing appropriately right? because they don't want to spend the money. And I feel like a lot of times it's not as expensive as you think. Second of all, your insurance premiums and all that stuff are all like insurance wouldn't have covered this anyways for it to be done properly. So you can feel like crap forever getting the bare minimum, or you can, you know, we always say we, we, allopathic medicine is an upside down triangle where the investment in the beginning is very little, but it grows over time where functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, it's an upfront investment, but we work ourselves out of a job. Like that's the goal. I agree. And and so in the long term, if you're if you're preventing, if you're actually doing things and um, that are more natural and moving yourself in that direction, you're preventing other illnesses from happening, and that's really important. We talked about that before we started taping, and that's so important with people with autoimmune disorders to learn um, ways to um, to do this more naturally because they may be that we don't know how their body's going to respond to being on medications and, and affecting one part of their body can affect another part of the body can affect another part of their body. So um, I'm really careful about when I start people on things that, that, you know, I don't do a bunch of things, maybe one or two things at a time, because if I have success, I want to know what was successful. And when I change anything, I change one thing at a time. And, and so I need some feedback. Um, and you're right about, you know, the, you know, when you, again, when you move away from that insurance based model, um, a lot of people don't want to um, do that, but, but they're not realizing is by the time they paid their deductibles and um, pay for that, you know, whatever they're doing, the blo- a mind block we've been We've been indoctrined to believe that insurance-based model is the best model and not necessarily so. It depends on, on what you're working with. 
Yeah. I mean, I find, um, you know, insurance is great for those acute things. You know, when you go to the hospital or when you're really sick, it's really helpful, you know, and if you have an autoimmune disease, sometimes those medications that you need to be on, like I have a friend who has lupus that attacks her organs. And so she has to be, and she's on the bare minimum. She was on a lot and she's been able to work down to two, but those two, she's never going to get off of. Right. So, but she also does a holistic model where she eats very healthy. Her stress management's there. Her movement is there. Like her sleep is there. Like she's doing all those things so that she is on the mm-hmm. lowest doses possible. And she's not having to take the nine medications she was when she first had her organs right. shutting down and she was hospitalized and all of that, you know, so it's not that you can't have an integrated Correct. approach, but being willing to spend the money and it's not as much as you think. Everybody thinks right. it's going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. And if you go to somebody who knows what they're doing, truly, it it might be one year. And then after that, you might, you know, it's yeah, just exactly. Meaningless, right? you'll, you'll at least walk away with more knowledge about what you could do yourself. But and I and I agree with that integrated model, especially for the, um, the autoimmune disorders, because what we know about most of our medicines is um, we know how this medicine works. Um, maybe with this one other medicine, but we've never put a bunch of medicines into a blender and, and with autoimmune disorder, how does that person respond to that? So just being careful that when you do make any changes of medicine is perfectly safe to do. If you're adding one thing at a time and just seeing how your body tolerates that. Awesome. Is there anything else you would like to leave with our listeners before we say goodbye? Um, no, just to be kind to yourself and, and realizing, you know, I want everybody to be happy. We live in a really stressful world right now. Um, I, it's good. I think the biggest thing is finding ways to deal with the stressors right now. Plug yourself in. Don't isolate. Um, it's, it's just important, to, more important than ever to actually have those people you feel comfortable talking with and, and reaching out there. If you're going to look for things, if you're going to look for information about herbs or medicines or therapies, make sure that you don't just go to Google because, you know, people pay to be put at the top of the list. So it's not always the best information just because it's at the top to go to reputable sites, sites you trust. So, um, you know, for, for um, allopathic medicine, you might, you know, go to Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, um, Massachusetts general, but for functional medicine, um, you know, there, there are all sorts those Mayo Clinic, they all talk about that, that functional medicine as well, but you may know a provider that you, you trust, go to their, go to their website and read what they have to say there, you know, that they're, they tend to be teachers. They, they like to talk about, um, ways to do that and there, and they impart that information readily. They do. I would completely agree with that assessment. Now, if somebody wanted to contact you and potentially work with you for their hormones or your clinic, where would they be able to find you? Are you on social media, your website? And I'll have all this in the show notes, but I want to put that out there. Absolutely. So um, I think what we have is we're at menswellness.com. Um, I'm going to double check on that for sure here in a minute. We have to end that. So let me just check for that. But um, if we actually, if you go to that, we're on Facebook. Um, if you look at Nuber T, I think it's right behind me, Nuber, Nuber hyphen T um, on Facebook. There is a, you know, get more information um, button. If you hit it, um, it'll put you in touch with somebody um, or you can just call our phone number. And that phone number is 404-480-5229. So um, that's, that's going to be the easiest way. Mostly, you know, for, from, you know, to be fair, we're men's wellness, wealth and wellness 
health and wellness here. So if you, um, but I can always point you in a direction if you ask for me and say, you know, I heard her on the podcast, just ask for Diane. Um, you heard on me, heard me on here and I can always point you in a direction if it's anywhere in the um, Atlanta area anyway. And then, um, you know, where I don't know where your listening base is or I can at least um, point you in the right direction with the help of the internet. So. Perfect. You know, it's always great to have a resource. And I appreciate you coming on here and sharing with us all about testosterone in women and everything that it does. It's been incredible. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been an incredible experience sitting here and having this opportunity to talk with you and your audience. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.